Everybody wants to climb the corporate ladder, it seems. What's up, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Drew Unscripted, coming at you guys with the SmackDown Live review. And all I gotta say, man, is the corporate ladders have been stacked. That's right, Money in the Bank is approaching. We had the final two qualifying matches for the SmackDown side of the Money in the Bank ladder matches for both men and women's. Let's get into it, guys. So we kicked off with Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan came out. Daniel Bryan cut what I thought was a pretty good promo. Talked about how a bunch of years back, he in fact won. I believe it was the 2011 Money in, Money in the Bank ladder match. And he, of course, went on to capture the World Heavyweight Championship from the Big Show. I remember that pay-per-view that was TLC 2011. So I like the fact that obviously WWE doing something that they don't do often. They're, you know, using history, which, you know, is in a good way. I mean, they use history a lot, but sometimes, you know, they do it in a way where it's kind of like, why are they bringing this up? But in this case, it actually makes sense. Daniel Bryan, for me, is one of my picks for Money in the Bank. The other being Aleister Black, just because I feel like with Daniel Bryan, I mean, I, I figure, you know, he wouldn't be a bad choice because it's like, you know, what else can you do with Daniel Bryan? Aleister Black too. Aleister Black has been, you know, he's been he's been great. You know, he's been undefeated. You know, he's been winning. You know, Aleister Black is your guy. You know, next to Daniel Bryan. If you can't go with Daniel Bryan, you got to go with Aleister Black. I feel like you can really, you can really build Aleister Black up as a top contender. But Daniel Bryan cut the promo, out came Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin of course interrupting Daniel Bryan, Baron Corbin and Daniel Bryan of course were going to have a match, so this came as no surprise, and of course this led right into the match. I like the match between Corbin and Bryan, I thought it was a good back and forth, I know a lot of people are n not too big on Baron Corbin, I actually was a Baron Corbin fan when he first came out from an, an NXT, I mean I think it's... Obviously, you know, he has one of the best finishers currently in the business. The end of days, it's a thing of beauty. We can thank Sammy Callahan for that one because if you guys remember, Sammy Callahan said on Talk is Jericho, he kind of helped Corbin, you know, come up with his finisher. So shout out to, to Sammy Callahan. But this was a good match back and forth. Of course, it ended with disqualification because, of course, Nakamura and Cesaro, who were originally paired with Sami Zayn. But I think obviously because Sami Zayn is not comfortable working the shows, you know, obviously, you know, I guess now it looks like they're going to put him, put them with Corbin. And I'm kind of like, I don't see Cesaro and Nakamura as lackeys, but that's what they've, that's when, that's what they've been, that's what's been done with them the last, you know, the last couple of weeks, last couple of months, actually. It's a shame because, you know, at one time Shinsuke Nakamura was, you know, your next star and so was, you know, arguably Cesaro's been your next star, but you've never really given Cesaro the chance to do anything. So I think it's unfortunate. But, you know, the fact that they're going to be with Corbin now, it looks like, I mean, it may not be permanent, but it looks like they're probably going to stick them with Corbin because they need another heel. And I guess with Zayn not there you know, for right now, they want to put him with Baron Corbin, which to me is just like, uh, you know, don't really like it. But anyway, uh, Nakamura hit Nakamura hit Daniel Bryan with the King Shasa, screwed Bryan out of the victory. Of course, that continues 
the feud that they've been having with Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak. Drew Gulak did not make the save, so I don't know if Gulak was, you know, selling from last week's beatdown or if Gulak wasn't there this week. No idea, because I know it's all pre-taped. At least I think it still is. I don't know. You know, you, you always hear back and forth things. I don't know if it's going to be live, pre-tape, have no idea. But they, you know, they beat up Brian. They took Brian up to the to the stage. And then Corbin had this spot where he literally tossed Daniel Bryan off into ladders. Didn't look as impactful as it should have, in my opinion. But, you know, just a typical beatdown for Corbin. You know, nothing more, nothing less. We then had Braun Strowman backstage. He was with Alexa Bliss. Braun Strowman, of course was going to come out for a, for a segment. Braun Strowman came out. Braun Strowman, you know, was quickly interrupted by Bray Wyatt. Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt is obviously our Universal Championship match going into Money in the Bank. You know, I, I do like the fact that there is history with this. And one thing that I wish that The Fiend would utilize in the promo, well, Bray Wyatt that is, is the fact that, you know... We've seen, you know, we've seen everybody that's faced The Fiend. We've seen them all change. What if after... Because I know he's not facing The Fiend. He's facing Bray Wyatt, which I kind of don't know why they're going that route. I don't know why they don't, why they don't have The Fiend taking on Braun Strowman. I mean, I understand with Miz. I mean, with Miz, we saw Bray Wyatt facing The Miz. And we were kind of... And at first, we were kind of like, why is Bray Wyatt facing off against The Miz? But if you guys remember in that match... The Miz was beating the hell out of Bray Wyatt, and Bray Wyatt was selling it, which I kind of liked. I don't know if they're going to do that with with this match. You know, we'll see. But again, I, I just think it's weird that we're not going to have The Fiend as, you know, the one challenging Strowman. Who knows? Maybe they could do a switch during the match. I mean, why not? I mean, it's WWE, right? <laughs> but, um... Yeah, uh, the Bray Wyatt, you know, his promo, you know, just talking about, of course, you know, reading a little fable and stuff like that, and called the black sheep you know the cover of the book looked cool but Strowman, of course was just right there he was looking mad he got on the microphone and he said if bray white hold on let me let me go ahead and use my braun Strowman voice guys <clears throat> braun Strowman was like if you have something to say come out here and say it to my face and then bray white just looked at him and bray white was like i'll see you soon bye and then he waved and that was it well, I was kind of, I was kind of hoping we would get like maybe a sneak attack during the show, but you know, obviously we didn't get it. Spoiler alert, we didn't get that. And then we had, we had of course backstage, the Lovebirds, the Love Couple, Mandy Rose and Otis, with of course backstage interview. Mandy Rose, of course, was gonna face Carmella in a women's qualifying match for Money in the Bank. Otis was gonna face Dolph Ziggler, in a rematch from WrestleMania. Mandy Rose was saying that Carmella is not going to moonwalk over her. She's going to, you know, she's not going to let what happened with Sonya Deville distract her. Otis, of course, was very, he was very energetic as well. And next we had Carmella taking on Mandy Rose. Short match. I wish they would have put a little more into it, but it was mainly just like a short three-minute match. Not even that. Very quickly into the match, Sony Deville came out. Sony Deville, who I gotta say, for someone who is not known for her promo work, for someone who's not known for her for her promo ability, Sonya Deville has been doing pretty decent on the microphone. She's been doing pretty good. You know, she's been uh, cutting great promos. I like what she's been doing. 
Um, it did sound a little too annoying because it was kind of like, you know, while she was talking, we had the commentators talking. But basically her mission was to just distract Mandy Rose. I kind of thought, well, they can go one or two routes with this. They can either have her distract her and have her not win the match. Or they can have Mandy actually qualify and then in some way Sonya costs her the match. And then you can build up for something at SummerSlam. But obviously Mandy's not going to be in the match. Carmella got the victory off of the distraction. Once again, the baby faces fall for the oldest trick in the book. You know, getting distracted easily, even though you really didn't see that that much back in the day. At least back in the day, the baby faces were a little more, like a little more wiser to the bullshit of the heels. But this was a win for Carmella. She got the victory after the match. Sony Deville got in the ring. She attacked Mandy Rose, started punching her, threw her outside the ring, delivered a delivered a, a nice looking knee to the back of the neck, and of course she was just going psychotic, she was just going, you know, completely batshit crazy, didn't give a fuck about what was happening, her thing was just, you know, my time is now, your time is done, bitch, just that type of an attitude, um, I don't know when, when they're gonna do a match with these two, I mean, they could easily, knowing WWE, if they want to, they could easily put this shit on the kickoff, which, I mean, Look, the kickoff is the kickoff. In my opinion, I've never really dug matches being on the kickoff. I feel like a kickoff is supposed to be the final build, you know, just, you know, promos and just segments, but not like an actual match, you know, just video packages and a promo. But, you know, obviously WWE tends to do matches on there, and sometimes the matches that they, that they do on there, you're like, why is this the kickoff match? Like that one time we had AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander for the US Championship recently, that was on the Clash of Champions kickoff. I'm like... Dude, this is a main, if you want to go by this way, this is a main card match, Styles and Cedric Alexander. I know this was months ago, has nothing to do with Mandy and Sonya, but I'm just saying, I just, you know, look, can Mandy and Sonya be seen as a big match? I said this to myself earlier, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing a mixed tag team match between Mandy, you know, Otis, Dolph, and Sonya. I wouldn't mind seeing that at SummerSlam. I mean, if you want to go back to mixed tag team matches a couple years back, we had, remember when we had AJ Lee and Big E taking on Caitlyn and, uh, and Dolph Ziggler, of all people? You know, so, you know, that was a good match. The built was there. You can easily do that with, with this. And obviously, this is being built to continue. And obviously... Mandy and Sonia is a very likely match. Now they could do this. They could easily put this on the kickoff for Money in the Bank, or they could do this next week. Or we can get Mandy and Sonia at SummerSlam, maybe just one on one. I can either see two options: either a mixed tag team match, or Mandy and Sonia at Money in the Bank. Though I will admit, I don't know if WWE sees Mandy and Sonia as a SummerSlam worthy match. I mean, that's just, you know, I'm just going by what WWE probably would think. I don't know if they would see that as a SummerSlam worthy match, even though we've had matches in the past where people are like, how could you put this on the SummerSlam card? But like I say, if the story is right and if, you know, the fans are interested in it, then why not do it? You know what I mean? Why not do it? If the wrestlers are interested in it, then why not do it? Not, not, not like they have a choice, because we know they got to do their job, but still. But this was just, you know, I liked Sonya once again getting some promo time. I, uh, I liked, I liked the beatdown a little bit. 
And I wish there would have been more to the match between Sonya. Look, Carmella, we know she can go. We know she can go. I mean, you guys remember her matches with Bailey were really good. Her match with Bailey was pretty great. That championship match they had recently, a couple months back, or like a month back, or however long it was. Seems like a long time ago. But it was good. You know, it was good. So I know that Carmella can go. If you give if you let her, she can go. You know, Mandy, you know. A lot of people say she's not good when it comes to selling. I think, you know, you've had her as a heel since she's come to the WWE. Now she's barely getting her start as a babyface. And it's different. You know, it's different. You know, typically when you look at Mandy, maybe you do see a heel. Maybe you see someone who's better off as like a bitchy, you know, I'm the greatest thing to ever happen. I'm the hottest thing ever. Like, you know, you could probably see that with her. Maybe if the roles were, were reversed, you can obviously see, look if, in my opinion, if the roles were reversed and Sonia was the one that was the baby face and Mandy was the heel, just picture them in, in their, just picture them in, you know, just with the roles reversed. That could easily work too, you know, and this could work as well. I'm not saying it's not working. I think this has been great. I think, Sonia's promo work has been on key for someone who really wasn't known for her promos. I think she's done really good with it. And I think, you know, eventually when we get this match, I think if you give them the time and if you give them the chance to go out there and really show what they can do, I think they can pull it off, you know? But this was great. I liked the promo work. I liked the attack. Um now let's see where it where it where it goes whether that's a match at money in the bank or if that's a match at SummerSlam, or maybe it's just going to be a tv match you know we'll see what happens and then we had of course we had a tag team match we had well actually before i get to that we had a squash match it was of course sheamus taking on i believe the guy's name is leon ruff Last time I saw Leon Ruff, he was in a squash match against Aleister Black. I mentioned how back then I loved the way Aleister Black, well, the way Leon Ruff sold the Black Mass. If you guys remember when he Aleister Black kicked him pretty good, I liked the way he sold it. And Leon Ruff, you know, look, I haven't seen much of his work. I know he's from, I think he's from, I want to say he's either from Evolve or he's from House of Glory. I have no idea. I have to d double check on that. You know what, real quick, let me just double check on that real quick, because, you know, this guy, Leon Ruff, he reminds me a little bit of Leo Rush, you know, just like in size and just, I guess you could, I guess like the way that they wrestle, he reminds me a little bit of Leo Rush, but okay, right here, Leon Ruff, let me see, let's see, I want to see where he's worked. Okay, let me see. Leon Ruff, of course. American professional wrestler. Trained at the WWA4 Wrestling School. He made, a, he made his debut June 16, 2017. I'm trying to see where he's, where he's been. Because I want to say maybe he's from... Hmm, let me just see... Uh, it's not coming up, but it just says he made his debut in 2017. Anyway, anyways, you know, the kid's impressive, you know, I mean, you know, the way he sells, I can just tell you right there, I like the way he sells, you know, OWW is saying where he's been. Okay, no, so basically he went up against Sheamus. I just wanted to look up, see where he was wrestling before, because I do like the way he sells. 
even though like we've only seen him wrestle in the WWE a couple of like a like a couple times, but obviously with everything going on, it seems like you know he's available and stuff like that. And maybe he's going to be with NXT. Maybe he's done NXT matches and I just don't remember it. Maybe he's done NXT house shows when we were able to do do house shows. But he went up against Sheamus. Obviously, Sheamus, since he's been back, he has the old haircut. He has the old kind of bully Celtic warrior attitude and stuff like that. They're obviously, they're obviously, they've obviously been building up for Sheamus and Jeff Hardy, which, you know, could be a nice little feud depending on the way that they go. It wouldn't be the first time that they worked each other because if you guys remember when the Hardys were the Hardy boys, they were feuding, of course, with the bar. So there is history there. Um... For the last couple weeks, obviously, we have been seeing the Jeff Hardy rebuilds. We've seen the Jeff Hardy re rebuild videos, and we've seen Sheamus, you know, take offense to him for whatever reason. So, obviously, the build between Sheamus and Hardy is there. Every time Michael Cole, you know, brings up Jeff Hardy, Sheamus has gotten in Cole's face. Sheamus has gotten pissed off. That obviously happened again tonight. Shame. So, first of all, let me talk about the squash. I liked the way the squash match was done. I don't really pay attention to a lot of squash matches because they're just kind of like... It's mainly just a showcase, but I like the way that this was done. The way that Sheamus hit that backbreaker on Leon Ruff and the way Leon Ruff sold it was excellent. The way Sheamus hit the broke kick and the way Leon Ruff sold it was excellent. That little comment where Le where I think... I don't, I don't remember if it was Corey Graves or if it was Michael Cole but the one line they said were oh his night's gonna be rough no pun intended yeah you know cheap joke because haha his name is his last name is rough well his last ring name is rough but I liked the way he sold the kick and then after the match of course we did have the comeback it was called the comeback video package Sheamus of course was looking at Michael Cole throughout the match he went up to Michael Cole Michael Cole says he was gonna play it Sheamus was like let's watch it so they're watching it, and basically it was nothing more than just, you know, Jeff Hardy again showing you what he's gone through. Jeff Hardy, of course, it showed the last injury he had before. He, remember when he had to relinquish the SmackDown Tag Team Championships when him and Matt Hardy had to relinquish? They were later, of course, attacked that same segment by Lars Sullivan. They showed that. They showed him coming back on WWE backstage. Jeff Hardy, of course, look... Jeff Hardy, I got a lot of respect for him for giving the WWE. I don't even know if it was completely in Jeff Hardy's control. Maybe it wasn't, but, you know, I got to give him credit for being a good sport because obviously he, you know, as far as I know, we you know we'll never know unless we hear something. But who knows how Jeff Hardy felt about this being shown. Maybe Jeff Hardy, because, you know, I listened, and I know I'm kind of bouncing around, but I listened to the Corey Graves podcast. I listened to a little bit. I haven't finished it yet. I do plan on finishing it. Because it was kind of late when I was hearing it. But I listened to Jeff Hardy on the Corey Graves podcast. Jeff Hardy was a guest recently. Jeff Hardy talked about, of course, he was very well detailed, which I give him so much respect for, about, you know, his battles with addiction, al alcoholism, you know, him being an alcoholic. He talked about how anytime he would see his mugshot, you know, with the whole vignettes that they've been showing on, on television for SmackDown, he talks about how... That's very rough for him, how it obviously brings back a lot of uncomfortable memories. So, just hearing that, the fact that he's able to just kind of like watch what's being shown on television, and, and yeah, of course it's tough for him to watch, but he's still putting it forward that this is obviously going to be utilized for a storyline with Sheamus. So, I got to give Jeff Hardy a lot of props for that. I really respect that. 
And this was a great video package. And this was the final one. Jeff Hardy's going to be coming back next week to SmackDown. He's going to be returning. Don't know if he's going to be in a match. Don't know if he's just going to be in a segment. I have a feeling he might be in a match, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, Sheamus, of course, was saying if Jeff Hardy's going to come back next week, then so, is, then so is Sheamus. So obviously Sheamus and Jeff Hardy... Who knows, maybe we're going to get this match next week for all we know. Maybe we'll get it the week after. Maybe we'll get it at last minute at Money in the Bank. Maybe we'll get it at SummerSlam if WWE is smart about it and they want to keep to build it up. I have no idea. I mean, the last time we seen Jeff Hardy on television was when he wrestled he wrestled Baron Corbin. And that was a little, that was a little over a month ago. So, right off the bat, I do like the fact that Jeff Hardy is, is uh, you know... Going to be coming back. You know, it would have been nice if he came back in front of an audience. But you know what? Right now, obviously, because of the current circumstances, this is what this is what we're going to do. This is the way that we have to do it. Very happy to see Jeff Hardy coming back again. You know, him and Sheamus, is it going to be an epic feud? I don't know. It could be great. I don't know if it'll be epic because I don't think these guys... These guys are, you know, let's see what they can do. Maybe Sheamus can attack Jeff Hardy for Jeff Hardy's failures. You know, I don't know. That's kind of what a lot of, that's kind of what all of Jeff Hardy's opponents have done to him. The last recent we got was, remember when him and Samoa Joe had that mini feud? Joe was obviously, and Samoa Joe obviously one of the best promo cutters in the business. Of course, for the WWE as well. You know, he was nailing Jeff Hardy on Jeff Hardy's past mistakes. So we've seen that happen several times with you know a lot of Jeff Hardy rivalries, and maybe this maybe this will happen again with him and Sheamus. Maybe Sheamus will attack him on that. We'll have to wait and see. But Jeff Hardy returning next week. I do have some theories on what I think he'll do, but I'll get into that. Um, we had a tag team match. It was the New Day taking on, of course, the Forgotten Sons. The Forgotten Sons. You know, I've I, I've never been a big fan. I really didn't watch what they did in NXT. I know they had some great matches in the Dusty Rhodes Classic Tag Team Tournament. Look, these guys are talented. You know, there's no denying that. But you know, I just haven't really cared for the characters. But obviously, they're here now on SmackDown. The tag team division for SmackDown. Well, the tag team division in general for the WWE. Let's be honest, is not strong. They don't have enough teams. They don't have enough storytelling currently going on. I mean, yes, look, we can get a classic out of the New Day and the Usos. That's been done several times. Maybe we can get a good match with Usos, Miz, and Morrison. We can get a good match with Usos. And even the Lucha House Party, we can get a good match between Miz, Morrison, Hey Hey, Ho Ho, against the New Day. But, you know, in reality, it's just, you know, eventually it's like, you know, there's no other teams. It's like, you know, no other teams are being able to be established. And it's unfortunate, you know, even if it comes to where WWE has to just randomly pair guys together, they just, they haven't done it. You know, I think, I truly believe that Vince backstage and Bruce Prichard, they think, and the writers, of course, they really think, man, these guys can carry the division. You know, these guys can carry it and nobody will complain about it. You know, I know my boy JD from, from NY206, who's a big tag team wrestling advocate. He doesn't like this shit. Personally, I just wish they would give more teams a chance. I just wish they would invest in more teams, you know, because there's a division that you have to care about. There's the women's division, there's the heavyweight division, there's the cruiserweight division, and there's the tag team division, you know. But this was a good match back and forth. You know, the Forgotten Sons getting a showcase. They actually got the victory, you know. Again, you know, there's no match official for Money in the Bank as of yet. I can easily see... You know, maybe we'll get maybe the New Day taking on Miz and Morrison again. Maybe we'll get them taking on the Usos again. 
Because you blew the the element of surprise of them taking on the Forgotten Sons. You did this match. I don't know why we had to get this match. I think, you know, you could have easily built up the Forgotten Sons to face the New Day maybe at a SummerSlam. Maybe you can build that up. You know, maybe at Money in the Bank. But they chose to go with this tonight. Don't really know why they did it. But, again, you know, it wasn't a bad match. Just, you know, I felt like you could have saved for it. You could have saved it. You know? And then we had... Of course, let me go ahead and see. We had a backstage a backstage segment with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler and Sonya were backstage. Sonya, of course, was very happy with what she did. Dolph, of course, cut a pretty good little promo backstage. He was talking about how he's going to once again become Money in the Bank and he's going to win the World Championship again. And then he had this one line where he was like, you know, you can hurt Mandy and then I'll be there to make her feel better. You know, so nice little look. Dolph Ziggler obviously is a great promo cutter. He's a great wrestler. Problem is, they've just never really given him the full rocket. I mean, yeah, you can say, well, you know, some of his best pushes in the company was when he was with AJ Lee. His best stuff was maybe when he was with Vicky Guerrero, even though they really didn't do much. His best stuff, of course, was when he first came came on the scene. You know, who would ever think, hi, I'm Dolph Ziggler. And, you know, obviously turned into what he is now. And I've met Dolph. You know, I've, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before. I've had the pleasure of meeting Dolph. He's a nice guy. I only talked to him for like two minutes, but he was a nice dude. And I got, and I obviously have a lot of respect for what Dolph means to the business. But it just goes back to like, you know, they've never given this guy anything. So, you know, and how many times can we see this guy get close and get close to winning a match to the point where like, and then it's like, you know, wait a minute. He's off TV. He's back. You know, and stuff like that. But, you know, nice promo from the guy. You know, I'm not going to lie. I did like the promo. We have to match him and Otis. You know, these guys put on a good match at WrestleMania. Otis is obviously very charismatic. The guy is very on point with what he does. You know, anytime he comes out, the crowd loves him. Could he be a main eventer? Anything's possible. I mean, I think the guy's got character. I think that's that, that counts for a whole lot. Could he be a main event? Could he be a main eventer? I don't know. Could he be a serious main eventer? Could he be a world champion? No idea. But I think he's good for what he is right now. And that's, you know, he's good for popping the crowd. He's good for, you know, going in there and doing... He's very athletic for a guy his size, which I have so much respect for. You know, he's good for what you need him for. And that is, you know, you need him to, you know, do the laughs. You need him to get the reactions. You need him to spice up the tag team division. You need him to, you know play a sympathy character which he does really well at you need him to hit some good moves and he's great you know the worm he does he's very good at it you know this whole storyline with him and mandy has been excellent you know the acting between mandy and and otis and i and by the way um on the chris van vlee podcast which you know shout out to chris van vlee uh he re- he recently had mandy rose and a actually mandy rose was actually the one who pitched this idea for the otis storyline you know, she was saying how, you know, she pitched it to Vince. Vince liked it right away. She mentioned how the beauty of this storyline is that it's so relatable because there's so many guys in the past, like in real life, that, you know, you have a crush on the pretty girl and it takes, it's it's hard to get her because there's so many challenges you have to overcome. And, but eventually, you know, people can fall in love. And that's what I took from the whole storyline. I can relate to Otis. Hey, look. You know, I've had my share of crushes over the years. Not too much, but, you know, I know what it's like to get the girl. Not really. <laughs> but anyways, you know, this the beauty of this storyline is it is relatable. 
to a lot of people. And, you know, Mandy Rose was was very smart in creating this storyline, you know. And also she mentioned, of course, she's having a great time working with Dolph. And you, you know her and Sonya Deville. You do know those. They're just, they must be just having a blast with this, you know. And I like how, you know, outside of wrestling, they're really taking the storyline seriously. You know, they're, you don't see them hanging out on Snapchat. You don't see them hanging out on Instagram. You know, if you follow Sonya Deville on Instagram, if you follow her on TikTok, you see sometimes she even takes jabs at Mandy, like saying, oh, I'm so happy Mandy's out of my life and stuff like that. So I appreciate them, you know, kind of taking the storyline and caring about it because that's how much they care about the current project that they're doing right now. That's how much they care about the current storyline. They care about their, their caricatures, their characters. So very much appreciative as a fan for that. I appreciate the creativity. Mandy Rose, great storyline that she pitched to Vince. Shout out to Vince for, you know, going through with it because I think Vince, you know, he thinks, hey, this storyline is good shit too. It is good shit. And if you guys haven't checked out that interview with her and Chris Van Vliet, it's a great interview. Also, the Corey Graves with Jeff Hardy. Got to finish it. We'll be finishing it up later, most likely, most likely tomorrow. But I will finish it. So shout out to those two podcasts. That's Chris Van Vliet with Mandy Rose. After the Bell with Corey Graves and Jeff Hardy. Check out those two podcasts, guys. I guarantee you guys you will not regret it good talks but anyways we got the actual match rematch from wrestlemania otis and dolph of course i think they have great chemistry these guys were able to main event the show so obviously that shows you that the company is putting a lot of trust in these guys because you know let's face it they don't just let anyone main event um otis got the win otis got the win you know we didn't have no interference from sonya i kind of thought maybe we would but obviously it wasn't needed who knows, maybe little by little, Otis and Ma- and Dolph will slowly drift away and th- this will just strictly be a Sonya and Mandy program. Obviously, we're still g- you're still going to get, you know, Mandy and Otis because let's be honest, you know, together they have such great chemistry. And I do believe we're either going to get one or two things at SummerSlam. Maybe we're going to get Otis, Dolph, Otis and, you know, Mandy taking on Dolph and Sonya in a mixed tag. Maybe we're going to get a one-on-one match, you know, Mandy versus Sonya. Or maybe they'll do both. Maybe they'll do one at the pay-per-view and one afterwards. Or hell, next thing you know, maybe we can get this, you know, as quick as money in the bank. Maybe they could randomly throw it together, you know. Wouldn't surprise me. WWE has done that in the past, so it would not surprise me if they were to do that. But anyways, you know, Otis got the win. I'm very happy to see Otis, you know, officially in the money in the bank ladder match. I think Otis, is it too soon for him to be in a high-profile match like that? You know, I mean, would you consider Money in the Bank high, highly profile? I mean, I think it was back in 2005 when Edge won it. You know what I mean? But we do have the updated superstars in the match, and I will read it to you guys right now. It is officially from Raw. Aleister Black, Rey Mysterio, Apollo Crews no longer in the match. Who will replace them? A lot of people are thinking it's going to be Jinder Mahal. I hope it's not, but you never know. I don't think there's anyone else that could replace him at this point. Don't want to see it, but just saying, I just don't think anyone else can replace him. I mean, or maybe or maybe there could be someone to replace him. I have no idea. I mean, the roster is just so thin right now. You don't. And then, of course, from SmackDown, we have Daniel Bryan, who is one of my picks next to Aleister Black, Baron Corbin, and now Otis. So we have one more match to go for the qualifying match. And it'll be determined on Raw. We will have a last chance gauntlet match. A lot of people are saying it's going to be Jinder Mahal. I've heard, like, my buddy JD, he firmly believes that the main event for SummerSlam is going to be Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. 
I hope that's not the case. Could it be a bad match? I'm not saying it could be a bad match, but I'm just saying I don't think people want to see it because people still obviously have nightmares of Jinder Mahal when he was first WWE champion. Um, Here's the thing about Jinder Mahal. I just, you know, would I want to see it? No, I would not want to see it just because I don't think, you know, I just don't want to see it. Would it be a, now me not wanting to see it and would it be a bad match or two different things? It could be a great match and I could still be like, ah, I don't want to see it, but you never know. But anyways, that was SmackDown, guys. Overall, I loved the promo from Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan is one of the best promos in the business. I liked the match between him and Corbin. Nice back and forth. I loved, you know, the promo from Sonya. Like, like I said, you know, I think she's improving in terms of being a promo. Uh, I liked the attack. I liked the tag team match. I liked the video package for Jeff Hardy. You know, WWE has done a great job, and again, I have so much respect for Jeff Hardy for allowing them to do that. You know, maybe he doesn't have much of a choice. I liked the main event. I liked Otis and Dolph. You know, those guys can obviously tear it up. I liked it. So next week, guys, we do have this for next week on SmackDown. We will be having um, a six-man tag, which is predictable. We are going to be having, of course, Daniel Bryan and Drew Gulak in a mystery partner. Taking on Baron Corbin, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Cesaro. And I do think this mystery partner, and this ties into about to what I said earlier, I think it could be Jeff Hardy. Maybe Jeff Hardy will be the partner. Maybe it'll be Mustafa Ali. You know, who knows? And then we're also going to have a face-to-face -face Braun Strowman and The Fiend. You know, where I hope The Fiend attacks Braun Strowman, but... I think they're going to straight up build it for Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. Still, well, you know, Bray should still be entertaining, you know, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully The Fiend makes a cameo. I forgot to say this, guys. We did have, there was one segment that I missed. We did have a backstage segment where Tamina Snuka was being interviewed and Sasha Banks interrupted her. Sasha Banks was, was telling her, oh, you know, I got my start here on the main roster with you. I was in the same ring with you, you know, Team Bad, Unity, whatever. Bailey tried to attack Tamina. Tamina, of course, was able to stop Bailey for a second. Sasha attacked her. Of course, the number is advantage. Tamina was cutting a little bit of, of a promo before then. Lacey Evans came to the rescue. They ran off Sasha and Bailey. Obviously, Bailey and Tamina is going to be our match for the women's championship at Money in the Bank. Not a match I'm looking forward to, but it is what it is. As long as it as long as it builds up to Sasha and Bailey continues to build up towards them. You know, I'm fine with that. Lacey Evans, don't know why she's still in the storyline because obviously the build is obviously going to be Bailey and Sasha. It should be Bailey and Sasha. You do Bailey versus Sasha at SummerSlam. That's what the build should be. That's what it's. That's the vibe it's been the last couple weeks. That's what it should be at SummerSlam. But we'll see. Anyway, we have a tag team match between them two next week. We'll see what happens. With that being said, guys, that was SmackDown. Overall, okay show. Once again, I loved the Brian promo, the Brian Corbin match. Loved Jeff Hardy video package. Loved Sonya and Mandy tonight. I loved the main event. Otis winning. Great for Otis. A little surprised he won it because I just feel like it's probably too soon to put him in this type of a match. But at the same time, you know, you want this to be unique. This is 
as they say, the most unique Money in the Bank ladder match since since its debut back in 2005, since Chris Jericho, Le Champion, was the one that actually, in storyline, introduced the match. And I think he even had the concept in real life, like backstage he did. I know I've heard him say that in interviews before. But we have that, guys. That was your SmackDown review. I do want to get into some news before I get out of here, guys. I do have a couple of news that I want to get into. Um, We had more releases for WWE. Two releases in particular. Cain Velasquez and Curtis Axel have been released. Cain Velasquez didn't really do much. He didn't really do anything in WWE. He was only there for a couple weeks and that was it. He made his debut at SmackDown, their debut episode on Fox. And I was there for it in person. When Cain Velasquez first came out, Velasquez really wasn't recognized. I didn't know who the hell he was. You know, he didn't. He got no reaction. Then he had that very forgettable match with Brock Lesnar at you know, where was it? Crown Jewel, Super Showdown, I get confused. Couple SmackDown appearances. He roughed up Shelton Benjamin, and then he got attacked by Brock backstage along with Dominic and Rey Mysterio, and that was it. Look, Cain Velasquez, I'm, I'm not saying the guy's not talented. I'm just saying, you know, you know, he his, you know, why you would bring him in for a multi-year contract and then all of a sudden release him. I mean, I know there's budget cuts, but why he would be, you know, released, no idea. It just kind of seems like, both times were wasted. He may not feel like that, you know. He may not. He may. He may not have any hard feelings about it. But and look, Cain Velasquez is talented. I was just watching his match that he had, you know, months back in AAA and Lucha Libre when he debuted and he was with Cody and one of the members of Psycho Clown. They took on, of course, Killer Cross. And I'm blanking out on the two teammates that were Killer Cross's partners. Velasquez and Cross, man, I loved, you know, their little back and forth in the match. Velasquez is talented, I'm not saying he's not, but I just felt like this was a waste on both parts, him and the companies. Curtis Axel, I mean, Curtis Axel, you know, he's a guy that, he's the son of Mr. Perfect, and, and they never really did nothing with him. His best work, I think, was when he first made his debut, and that was with Paul Heyman. And then, of course, yeah, he was an Intercontinental Champion. He... Years before that, he was in NXT when NXT was was a reality. Well, not a reality show, but when NXT wasn't even what NXT is now. When it wasn't a brand, it was just like, you know, it was just what it was when it made his debut. And then he was in, in the new Nexus, didn't do much. He, of course, was with the B-team, the Miz-Tourage, the Social Outcast, you know, Axel Mania, you know, but other than that, he really didn't do much. So them releasing him, it doesn't surprise me, but I'm a little surprised that they didn't release him a couple years back. That sounds messed up, but just saying, you know, that they never did nothing with the guy and the guy could be something, you know, as you know, and again, you know, I don't want to say, oh, they're going to end up here. They're going to end up there. Cause again, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's on these guys' minds. You know, I have no idea, but maybe wherever, you know, Curtis goes, Curtis Axel goes, I think he could find a work. I think he's talented. Maybe he can go to NWA. Maybe he can go to AEW. Maybe he can go to impact. No idea. As for Cain Velasquez, maybe he'll go to AEW. Maybe he'll continue to pursue a career in professional wrestling. Maybe he'll go back to Lucha Libre. Maybe he'll try to go back into the UFC. I have no idea. Unless he's retired from that. Or he can't go back. I have no clue. But either way, these guys are released. You know. They joined the budget cuts. You know. And stuff like that. So it is what it is. And also. Let me see what other news I have, guys. Um, Give me one sec. Okay. 
Let me see. There's a plethora of news, but I'm just trying to see which one I can read before I get cut off here. Um, let me see. Hmm. Oh, yeah. So, apparently, um, Cody Rhodes has no interest in signing Heath Slater. Don't know if it's legitimate. Don't know if there's some beef between the two. Don't know if Cody just is annoyed at the fact that a lot of people ask him, Oh, you're going to sign this person. You're going to sign that person. But Cody, I guess, did an interview or a Q&A or whatever it was. And I guess somebody had asked, Would you sign Heath, Heath Slater? I don't know how they asked the question exactly, but... The topic of would you sign Heath? The question of if would you if would you sign Heath Slater came up, and Cody just said nope. So, obviously, a lot of people are thinking maybe a hey, is there's some beef there? Is you know is Cody messing around? Is he just annoyed at the fact that people always ask him, are you going to constantly sign this person and that person? Heath Slater, of course. Had a little response to this on Twitter. He basically just said, you know, he basically just said, you know, you wouldn't sign me or something like that. You know, I don't know. I mean, look, Heath Slater's talented. You know, he's another guy that I could see getting signed. Um, maybe he can go to Impact. Maybe he can go to NWA Power. I mean, you know, who knows? Who knows what the future has for these guys? You know, I think right now, still the reality of them being released i think it's still it's still a burden on them you know hey come on you know losing your job is tough you know currently my job is pretty much you know in limbo i have no idea when i'm gonna go back to work but you know all these guys that got released you know who knows can, can they come back to WWE someday you never know you have no idea could they go to nxt you never know i mean i mean i know that still counts as wwe but you know you never know I mean, they could just they could just directly go to NXT. You know, you you know, you never know, but don't know, don't know if there's you know beef between Cody and Heath Slater there. I mean, they did work a couple times. I think actually, I don't even think they ever wrestled each other, but they obviously know each other from, of course, their time in the WWE together and stuff like that. So you know, I have no idea. Also, guys, we all know the history, well, the history, we all know the situation right now with the Velveteen Dream. I talked about that, of course, on the podcast a couple times recently with my buddy Baby Cobb. Check that out, guys. Episode, I just shoot sesh with Baby Cobb. We talked about it a little bit. There hasn't been really much coming out other than, of course, Jim Carnett had some stuff to say about it. Um, the Velveteen Dream is still going to be, he's going to be back wrestling Adam Cole next week. So, obviously, WWE... You know, not that they're not taking this seriously, but they obviously are still going to let them do it. So I think they probably are backing them up on this one. They probably think that it's bullshit. Velveteen Dream, I think, is obviously working with somebody within the law to try to get to the bottom of this, as he should. But the fact that he's going to be wrestling Adam Cole still for the NXT Championship next week on on NXT... I think they I think they're behind him on this. You know, they're supporting him the best way they can. Um again, you know, this whole thing with the Velveteen Dream is just, you know, it's crazy. You know, it's 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 unfortunate if he's innocent, you know, he's innocent, but I think stuff like this will still haunt him. That's just the way 
certain stuff is guys and excuse me i just you know i almost burped right there guys excuse me <laughs> sorry about that um you guys are like oh well at least he has manners right <laughs> so i have no idea you know if if the dream is guilty of this shit then he should be ashamed of himself but you know i have no idea what's gonna happen with this i hope you know the truth is revealed i do hope that there is justice here but for you know for either the dream or you know for the person that's accusing him i have no idea but he's still going to be wrestling adam cole next week that match is still on it's going to be interesting to see the outcome of it but we will have to wait and see and let me see just get into one more news before i get out of here guys um Let me see. Um, so, oh yeah. So apparently uh, Roman Reigns and WWE don't seem to be on the best of terms right now, which to me is just kind of like, it's crazy because I thought when Roman pulled out of WrestleMania, I thought maybe there was a mutual under understanding there. And who knows, maybe there is. Maybe there's something else going on. I mean, you know, maybe they know something we don't. But what we know is that Apparently, Roman Reigns has not been mentioned on WWE television. Uh, WWE has not given... Well, Vince has not given the right to mention Roman Reigns, which got fans speculating that maybe there's an issue going on. It says right here, per WrestlingNews.com, it says, Roman Reigns and WWE's relationship does not look good right now. There's an interesting omission from the latest Make-A-Wish videos, which, of course, WWE proudly takes part in. WWE is this feeling speculation about Vince McMahon being angry at Roman Reigns for missing WrestleMania. As pointed out, Wrestling Observer Newsletter Reigns is not featured in the latest Make-A-Wish video, which was pretty strange because Reigns has been doing them for a couple years now. The video shows all of the top talent granting wishes. Keep in mind in the, that in the last few years, Reigns has always been front and center of those videos, which we know, just like Cena was back in the day. Furthermore, in the banners on the WWE website, there are no mention of Roman Reigns and John Cena featured on the banners instead of Reigns. Oh, so Cena is featured more than Reigns. Okay. As previously noted, WWE announcers were told not to mention Reigns on television after he pulled out of WrestleMania, of course, when Roman released that video. It will be interesting to see if WWE chooses not to mention Roman Reigns on the Netflix movie that Reigns will be part of. Reigns, Reigns is one of the names listed on the wrong Missy with David Spade, which I guess is going to be something on Netflix. I have no idea. It's going to be a movie. I haven't heard of it. It's produced by Happy Madison Productions, which is, of course, with Adam Sandler, I believe, and scheduled to be released coming up soon on May 13th, 2020. This would be the first movie role for, for Reigns since Hobbs and Shaw. He is likely to get more movie offers. So, I have no idea what's going on, guys. Um, is Vince McMahon angry at Roman Reigns for missing WrestleMania? I mean, I don't think he should be. Just because, obviously, Vince understands he knows Roman Reigns' health issues. Of course, you know, your concern should be the health of all your, your talent, but especially for the ones that are battling disease, that have battled disease, which could be a handful of guys, let's be honest, and girls in the company. But the fact that you know for a fact Roman Reigns is a very risky person to have wrestle, 
because of his health. If he is mad at him, it just makes no sense to me. I'm just like, you know, yeah, okay, look. Roman not Roman missing WrestleMania was tough. Because Roman, like it or not, he is one of your top guys. I'm not going to lie. I don't have to be a big Roman fan to say that. I respect the guy for what he's done. I can be fair. I respect him for the work he has put in. And Roman Reigns is obviously one of WWE's top in this era. He is one of their top guys. You know, former world champion, former Intercontinental champion, former United States champion, Royal Rumble winner. He's main evented WrestleMania a couple times. He beat The Undertaker. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm he was, you know, the guy in the shield that everybody wanted to be the main guy. Once he got there, things kind of changed and stuff like that. But, you know, again, but there's but there's no denying Roman Reigns is one of your top guys, you know. So, yeah, I get it. Having him miss WrestleMania was a tough blow. But at the same time, you know, because of his real life issues, health issues in the past and the present, well, mainly in the past, you do have to be understanding. Just saying, you do have to kind of understand. And for if Vince legitimately is upset about that, I just don't think that's fair on his part. But obviously there's something going on right now. Maybe there is a small part of like, you know, resentment for Reigns missing out, which to me doesn't make sense because Vince full knows Reigns' health, you know, health issues in the past. The fact that he's not being mentioned on WWE television, the fact that Vince does not want him mentioned on television is very suspicious to me, which leads me to believe that there is something that's going on. Maybe they had a falling out. I have no idea. All I know is up until after Vince, well, after up until after Roman pulled out of WrestleMania and he released that video, you know, that's when, of course, we found out that Roman cannot be mentioned for right now, at least right now, on WWE TV. So I have no idea what's going on there. I'm just going to go out here on a limb and say there was some kind of a disagreement, you know, there was a disagreement. How did that disagreement go? I have no idea. I can imagine it was probably, it was probably... A calm conversation, but at the same time, you know, still a very pissed off Vince, a very pissed off Vince McMahon. Like maybe him and Roman talked about it in a calm manner, but maybe behind the scenes, Vince was like, you know, you know, not happy about it. But we'll we'll have to wait and see, guys. All right, guys. With that being said, I am gonna get out of here, guys. Um, thank you guys for listening to me. You guys are incredible. I will be uploading a new video. You know, in a couple days, I will be having another interview. I might come on here tomorrow if there is more news to talk about, because there is some out that I didn't get to talk about on this video. Um, with that being said, guys, thank you guys for giving me a listen. You guys are incredible. You guys take care of yourselves. Stay safe. Stay stay healthy. You guys are amazing. I will catch you guys tomorrow. You guys are legitimately fucking awesome. With that being said, guys, peace.